You can always call me on your landline. Oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> oh, oh, for Christ's sake. Everything old is new again. <laughs> I wonder if the kids are going to be into landlines like they were into lamography, you remember? Oh, I am Jen Ponton. Uh, are you? Are you I sure? am. Okay. Who are you? I pretty sure I'm Lillian Bustle. Should you check the back of your underwear? Yes, I should. <laughs> Says my name is Tuesday. You know what? I've lost enough pieces of costumes in bars. It would behoove me to take a page out of my mom's book and write my name it in my own totally underwear. Totally would. Oh my god, remember when they used to make those prefab um sew them in or probably iron oh, them on? I was jealous of people who had those labels in their clothes because mine was just a marker that my mom wrote in everything that you could see through on the other side. Oh, I didn't, I'm fairly certain I didn't have those labels. My mom is going to be so mad if she listens that she's like, are you fucking kidding me? But um, no, I'm pretty certain I didn't have those labels. I'm pretty sure I just got a Sharpie on the waistband, but still, still, I was familiar with the fact that there were indeed those iron-on labels. Um, um, So those iron-on labels would go up there with... Like when I discovered that I had a friend whose mother hemmed his his jeans for him if they were the yes. wrong length. And I was like, I'm sorry. Yes. That's something someone can do for you? Because I've just been cutting them off and rolling them up. Like, <laughs> Although hemmed jeans look so shitty, right? She did a great I mean, job. Like, you're, are, did they she looked make real. The... They, she yeah? used like a different color thread and everything. Yeah. It was solid. That's yeah. nice. Yeah, that lady did not fuck around. She was very cool. <laughs> That is an ideal level of care, for sure. I know. I is that can't the believe that dude made it to adulthood, right? Like, <laughs> you see, it seems like he, the first time he had to do his lawn, own laundry, he would just be like, "I give up. I now live under a bridge." I, like, <laughs> man, I would too. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to know how to use a sewing machine. I wish I Man, still knew how to use a sewing machine. That keeps coming up. Um, Emily was saying she wants one for Christmas. Uh, I had a downstairs neighbor who was going to show me how to use hers and like let me kind of store hers here because she never used it. But then she moved away and never taught me anything. She was like, I'll have you make my drapes. And I was like, that's fine. I'll do that. <laughs> Teach me. Uh, yeah. Uh, it can't be hard. It can't be hard. I don't know why there's certain things I've just decided that are not for me. Have you ever... You ever lived in a town and you just didn't go to a certain restaurant and you don't know why? Like, it, it looks fine from the outside and you've never heard anything bad about it. You just decided it's not a place you're going to go. Yeah, I just fucking decided. Yeah, yeah. I decide that about so many things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. I don't I know. I make that arbitrary choice constantly. Yeah. Oh, here's <laughs> something fun. There's a place in, uh, in Jersey City, or Union City technically, called <clears throat> The Hub Again. That's what it's called those three words the hub again and i had oh. never been into it because it was... i love when restaurants do that shit yeah. <laughs> like like ruth's chris like yes! okay um <laughs> syntax please but uh yeah um mm. apparently the hub had burnt down at one point and when they put it back together it became the hub again but it was the kind of place where you look at it and you're like Either I'm going to love the inside of there or it's going to be one of those record scratch things where everyone looks at you like you should have never walked through the door. Yes. So I, yes. And I'm not like wandering around that part of Union City a whole lot. However, um, I've been going on these epic walks with my friend Gerald and uh, I was like, I've always wondered about that place. And he was like, oh, I used to hang out there all the time. 
And guess what? They're open at eight o'clock in the morning. And I was like, what you say? So when um, everything started opening up with minimum indoor seating, when we walked by on one of our walks, we went in. We didn't have a drink. We had just been walking for like eight miles. But um, there's like a ski ball machine and two pool tables in there. Uh, and it was cute. <laughs> yeah. It was really cute. It looked like, it still looks like the kind of place that people get thrown out of on a very regular basis. But the <laughs> older lady who owns it, like, she's, she's a take no guff kind of Jersey lady. So. Fuck yeah. Anyway, we haven't, we haven't been because I still don't like to be inside, but, um. Uh, no, I don't blame you. Yeah. I wouldn't want to either. Yeah. I don't know. That was a place I decided I was never going to go into. And then I went into it. And it was great. Um, my, okay, so this is apropos of nothing because this is not somewhere that I decided not to go. There used to be a place um, like a mile and a half away from where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was in a, ti- it was in the tiniest, most like dozy cow corn little town. The little town where I went to elementary school. <laughs> dozy which cow was- corn. Uh-huh. It was just all farms. That's all it was. There were so few people. And um, around, on a relatively uninhabited road around a bend, there was a, a place that at one point was a residence. It was an old house. But it got turned into a honky-tonk called the Hideaway Inn. Yes. And- <laughs> My father loved the hideaway inn. Oh, great. He fucking adored the hideaway inn. And he loved to go after work, uh, not constantly. Like, it wasn't his watering hole in that way. But, um, but he would go frequently enough. And because they had, like, a greasy spoon kitchen... Um, he thought that that meant it was okay to take me there. Okay. <laughs> so oh. he'd have me. And I was little when the Hideaway Inn was around. I was like five, six, seven. Um, <laughs> he'd take me to this dimly lit, smoky fucking bar mm-hmm. that was only full of these unsavory uh, gentlemen. And oh, yeah, old man bar. He'd, and he'd have like... The hot waitress um, give me, like, a burger and fries, and I would just sit there and, like, eat a snack while my dad drank with, like, bikers and nice. uh, and vagrants. <laughs> yes. Yes, please. <laughs> oh, the hideaway inn. It, it did not stay that way for very long. It turned into a really nice Italian place where my parents continued to go all the time. But Ooh. my dad went to the hideaway inn constantly. Ooh, that story sucks. Yes, it does suck. (laughs) I want to open a place (laughs) called The Hideaway Inn, like, now. But, you know what else exists? Hmm. Existed? Um, A place my best friend and I used to go uh, once we were a little older, because we didn't know about it until later on in high school, but not far from us, a couple towns away, there was a truck stop called Louise's. And Louise's was this gross fucking diner where all of the waitresses were like in their 50s and up. There was not a single young woman there. Yay. They all wore 
really low cut blouses nice. and like they were falling out of them. They were in skin tight clothing and they were all Eastern European sure. with like long fucking talon nails <laughs> and so much makeup and bleached the fuck hair. And you just kind of felt like you needed to back up a few feet when they served you. Nice. That's wonderful. They loved us. <laughs> and we'd go to Louise's all the time. And, I mean, it was really just these lecherous fucking truckers. Nice. With these waitresses making the best situation yeah. out of, you know, a, a, a gross Give me your tips. spoon. Give me your and tips. And then these three teenagers who would come in and, like, insert themselves into <laughs> Louise's ecosystem. Yes. Oh, shit. That place was great. And I think... I think it may have been owned by the same people, if I'm remembering what my mom told me correctly. It was owned by the same people who owned the Hideaway Inn slash Italian place. Damn! Yes! Damn! Swish, swish. Diversifying the portfolio. Yes! <laughs> A thousand percent. Wonderful. Wonderful. Are you, are you getting ready for Halloween? I, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm still watching one to two horror movies a day and mm-hmm. I'm fucking killing it. <laughs> um, going to give you my recommendations up front and nice and early. There is a, sh- there is a film, it's an Irish horror comedy. First of all, first of all, the lead is a fat woman. Yay. <laughs> she is a fat woman. She has a romantic storyline. The story is not about her body at all. Oh, she's kind of just a weirdo. She's just, And she's so great. What the hell is her name? Oh, I remember seeing... Um, I actually have a screenshot on my phone from last year when this came out. Because I was like, yes. what is this? It looks amazing. And then I never heard anything else about it. Her um, name... Will Forte's in it too, right? Will Forte's in it. He's fucking great. Um, forever stand Will Forte because of Last Man on Earth. I mean, and his whole career has been delightful. But my God, Last Man on Earth. I can't talk about it enough. So Will Forte's in it. But it stars this wonderful, charming, plus-size Irish actress, Maeve Higgins. Huh. Maeve. I like and I Maeve. Ad- oh, she is charming as hell. I want to be related to this woman. Um... <laughs> Uh, and the whole story, it's really funny and really well done. And basically, I mean, it is a love, it's a ghostly romantic comedy. Maeve has inherited the gift from her father. Ah. And uh, she put it away when something went terribly awry and her father died. During like a like a spiritual cleansing. Sure. So she she doesn't talk about it. People call her all the time. Ghosts reach out to her all the time. Mm-hmm. And she's like, nope, nope. I just I just teach drivers tests. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but then this handsome Mr. Sheffield type, <clears throat> who is a widower, had the ghost of his wife is um, harassing him. <laughs> of his late wife is harassing him and uh, and is really obstructing. The life of himself and and their daughter. And so he reaches out to Maeve's character and she sort of gets all giggly and and doofy about him. So she's like, yeah, I have a crush on him. I'll, I'll, I'll break it out again. And the rest of the film is basically her kind of fumbling through 
figuring out her gifts again because she's put it away for so long. And um, there are parts that are a little creepy, but it's so funny and so Irish and twee. Yay, love it. And it's just fucking fantastic. Yay, that's great. It's fucking fantastic. I loved that one. Um, Yes, 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 yes. And I would be remiss if I also did not recommend... Two of my favorites that I've revisited, there is, okay, there are lots of movies that are titled House. (laughs) Tons of movies titled House. I am talking about the 1985 version of House starring William Catt. Oh. If you are a fan. Oh. Oh, I've seen this. Yes, you have, because it's unforgettable. Oh, it's unforgivable. (laughs) No, it's so good. It's so good. And the best part is like, I was tweeting about it and Duncan replied to me. He's like, shit, I loved those. Oh my God. Um, yeah. House is bonkers and it's a little, it is effective. Like there are some, there are some good scares and there's some good creature work in there. There's such good actual practical special effects. Um, which is something that I get really excited about now that everything is fucking CGI. Uh, I really love seeing like puppets and mechs that have actually been made. Tons of latex and plastic and, and you know, the creativity of it. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure the people making the CGI also have fun. However, huh. no, I get let's it. just fucking make something. Yep. Yeah, I like, I, I I like to that. feel like a little, like a, some, some creature in there. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. So House is full of that, and it's also very funny and so bonkers, so strange. It's so and weird. For, it's so weird, but for all I can say about that, Lillian, have you ever seen House 2? No. <laughs> I haven't. Is is William Cat in that one also? No! Is, nope. Let me ask you, is Cat Williams in that one? I wish. <laughs> House I could is honestly what, only make it better. House is what sparked my William Cat or Cat Williams obsession. <laughs> is this a game now? Is this like Jersey City yes. Tennyson or Burlesque Artist? Yeah. And it really is whatever <laughs> whatever you make it out to be. <laughs> yes. Um, House 2 is a completely different premise entirely. Um, I do like it and- when movies do that. They're like, fuck this. Look at this. <laughs> There's not this movie like does Leprechaun. Not give a fuck. <laughs> not a single fuck. Nice. Uh, it's so crazy. It's so bananas. Um, and it takes place in a house where a guy moves in. Um, it's been the family house for generations and generations. He realizes that his great 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 grandfather's uh, skeleton is buried on the property. He digs him up and boop. The mummy of his great 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 grandfather, who is a uh, fucking uh, gold. Uh, uh, what's the word I want? A miner. Old. He prospector? is a gold miner. He's an old prospector. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. This movie's uh, about somebody's grandpa prospector. Oh my god. A mummy grandpa prospector and a house that has doors that lead to who the fuck knows where. There are dinosaurs. There are Muppets. (laughs) And it it happens to be a Western at the end of the day. It's so crazy. It's so good. Oh my fucking god. Um, So... 
<laughs> if you're if you are afraid of scary scary things, House and House Two are both on Prime. Fuck buddies, they are a delightful watch. House is a little House is a little scary, but it's very fun. And House Two is not scary at all. Nice at all. That's um, amazing. And if if you want some fucking scary shit, uh, ba 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 ba. Mm, there's one on Netflix called Our House that I really liked. Oh. I really like that. That's um, it's a remake of the Ghost in the Machine, and our house is about uh, I think three kids, and the eldest is like a senior in high school, and he's really smart, and he uh, is working on some kind of an energy machine reader. Sure, sure. Um, I forget what it measures, but but it doesn't. What he wants to do with it is not what it ultimately ends up doing. Okay. But it basically, it's it's some kind of energy meter, like it like it merges energy or electricity. And he's been working and tinkering with this for a long time. He's a really smart kid, and their parents die suddenly in a in an auto accident, and all of a sudden these three kids are orphans. But the eldest is eighteen, so he is on his own now and is responsible for his siblings. And he keeps tinkering with the machine, and as he does, they start to get spiritual messages from their parents. And then it's more than their parents. So, it's, oh, it's good. It's effective. It's creepy. Uh, It's clever. I I like that one very much. Nice. That's a good spooky one. Well, I have to tell you, nothing is scarier for me right now than friggin', uh... Oh! Um, Then two weeks to the election? Well, yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes, for sure. No, I was gonna say Lovecraft Country is is very terrifying to me, but um, also uh, literally every waking moment of every day. So yeah, what? Well, yeah, you want to remember sh- Joy? Should we should we read some more scary stories? I think that would be a lovely idea. But oh, I first have a follow up. Oh, I have a follow up. So. Um, if you recall the what's in the bucket story from last week where the guy yes. moved upstate and, yep. and there was a bucket buried in his yard full of like murder stuff. Rah. Okay. On in the comment thread, someone said, I swear to God, I would put money on this being Israel Keys. First of all, Israel has your birthday. <laughs> what? Is this someone I'm supposed or to know he- who it is? Uh, no. Okay. All right. No, good. I've never heard of him. All right. The I'm way you said it, it was like Elvis. <laughs> Israel Keys was an American serial killer, rapist, arsonist, burglar, and bank robber. He died and in Capricorn. <laughs> and Capricorn. Hey. In fact, he's a year younger than you, or he was a year younger than you. Okay. Um, he died in 2012. Um, he he killed himself while in police custody. Gotcha. And she do, 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 was a Mormon who later became a fundamentalist Christian. He had a family of 10 siblings. They were all homeschooled. Um, he lived without electricity or running water. And <clears throat> when he lived in Washington State... His family were neighbors and friends to a, the family of a guy who uh, who committed several murders. Um, so he had like he had like serial killer friends growing up, 
and became a Satanist in his teen years. Okay. Although I would say that has absolutely nothing irrelevant. To do yes. With, ir- completely irrelevant. Um, do 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 do. He was in the army. Uh, was known to be very quiet and keep to himself and drink. And he was a juggalo. Nope. <laughs> no. Okay. He was a juggalo. Giving okay. juggalos a bad name. He killed a couple in Vermont after breaking into their home and um, driving them to an abandoned farmhouse where he shot the husband and then raped and strangled the wife. Yeesh. No one ever found their bodies. Wow. Before their deaths, he hid a murder kit um, <gasps> near their home. He buried it and he used it to kill them later. Oh. So his M.O. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> Right, so he had this shit in his mind, and when he decided that he wanted to murder someone somewhere, he would bury a murder toy box somewhere, literally whenever, and then after he ultimately committed the murder, he would move the contents to a new hiding place. Um, her His last known victim was an 18-year-old coffee uh, barista. And he kidnapped her, took her debit card, uh, raped her, and murdered her. Fuck. He left her in a shed and went on to New Orleans, where he left for a cruise with his family. Oh, um, his poor family. So he ultimately were murdered, uh, brutally murdered, like at least 11 people. But the, the reason that someone mentioned it is because the modus operandi was creepy as fuck. He would plan his murders long ahead of time, and he took extraordinary action to avoid detection. Mm. Unlike most serial killers, he didn't have a victim profile. He usually killed far from home and never in the same area twice. On his murder trips, he kept his phone off and paid with cash. Oh, shit. He had shit. zero connection. Uh-huh. No connection to any of his victims. Um, for uh, for a, the Vermont murders of a husband and wife, he flew to Chicago, where he rented a car to drive a 1,000 miles to Vermont. Okay. When he got to Vermont, he dug up the kill kit that he had hidden two years earlier. Uh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he was fucking... That is the long game, man. That is... That is so... Gr- and, like, if you look at his Oof. mugshot, he looks banana batshit. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yikes. Well... There are some murderinos on that Jezebel forum. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> like, looking out them. for us. That's great. Oh, yes. Super. Let's definitely talk about ghosts and not murderers. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, I have a pretty good one to start off with. It is weird yes, and creepy and has to do with creepy kids, which I always like. I love that. Okay. <clears throat> From uh, <laughs> K Sarah Sarah, and that's spelled S Y R A H, like the wine. Um, oh, these are all from this year's Jezebel's Annual Scary Stories, by the way. 
Uh, and, and for those of you who are like, why are they just reading random stories? Just so you know, uh, digging through that stuff is not easy. Like, <laughs> the amount of... Yes, that is true. Scrolling and un... What's it called? Un- unrolling... Like to get all the comments oh, to open yeah. up, like the clicking and that's it involved. probably takes more labor than any other thing that we've Stop. done. It's really annoying. <laughs> uh, it not makes you work it. for it. All right. Uh huh. So when I was ten, my mom and I had to drive through the Colorado Rockies in the middle of the night. We were going home from a family reunion, and on the last leg home, crossing six states. She said we had enough money left for gas or to stay overnight in hotel room, but not both. Now, I have to tell you. Sorry. First, that's a burp. Um, I have to tell you, this is definitely the kind of thing that's happened with me and my mom in the past where she's like, oops, we're doing this thing, but also we don't have enough money to do this thing. Um, oh, no. <laughs> uh, everything on the trip had cost more than she planned for, and she was pretty broke after recently divorcing my dad. So we basically coasted on fumes, financially speaking, from Denver to L.A. Sorry, I got burps and yawns and all kinds of things. Uh, It rained on and off, and we had to go slower than usual because of a thick fog that was almost as heavy as rain, but not quite. I was watching her carefully because I could tell she was tired, and I was worried she might drive off the edge of the winding highway. For the record, my mom was perfectly fine. This is just how I perceived things as an anxious kid. I also asked her more than once what would happen if we hit a bear on the freeway. (laughs) Weird nerd. My strategy was to keep her awake with junk food, which I paid for. (laughs) Which, okay, what this says is, which I paid for from quarters I squirreled away in a Crown Royal sack from my allowance. And I love that, too. What I, what my brain saw was, which I paid for in quarters I got from squirrels. No, I was always jealous of kids who had crown royal sacks just hanging around. But my parents didn't have like we didn't. There was no liquor in the house ever. Oh, I loved those crown royal sacks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. At some point after midnight, we stopped for gas and I got out to buy some sodas. Before I went inside, I heard someone say and I was confused about where it came from until a kid about my age stepped from the from the stepped out from the side of an ice machine. He was wearing dark sunglasses, even though it was the middle of the night, and I thought maybe he was playing with me, pretending to be a spy. Will you buy me something, he asked. I laughed nervously. (laughs) Like what? I don't know. I need to come in the store to pick it out. I felt awkward and mumbled no, turning toward the entrance. Right when I was about to pull the door open, the kid stepped out further from the ice machine and said, please, I'm hungry. I want a Coke. I want a Pepsi. I want a Doritos. I want a... He just kept listing things off in a flat voice, and I remember feeling suddenly colder. I wonder why he wasn't wearing shoes or a jacket in this rainy weather, and I also wondered where his mom was. Then, bang, bang, bang! A man was pounding on the glass door from the inside and yelling at the kid, I told you not to come around here! Get the fuck out of here! Then the man turned to me and said, and yelled, Don't talk to him! Don't let him in my store! I was terrified and ran back across the parking lot to the car. I locked myself in and ducked down the back seat with my jacket over my head so I couldn't look out the window. When my mom finished pumping the gas, she got in the car and said, If you're tired, you can just go to sleep. I guess to her, I looked like I was sleeping, not hiding. And I was quiet as we pulled out of the driveway. Some hours later, we stopped for gas again and I was still spooked. I would not have gotten out of the car if it weren't for the fact that I had to pee so badly, so my heart was thumping as I speed walked to get the bathroom key. 
I didn't see anyone when I went outside to the bathroom or back inside when I or to return the key. But when I turned around to leave, bam, 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 the cashier was banging on her window and yelling outside. Don't talk to him. Don't let him in here. He knows he can't come in here. She was screaming at my mom who stood in the parking lot talking to a kid. The kid who kept talking calmly, even as the clerk kept banging on the gas. This is hours, hours later. I tore outside the car. Mom, get in the car. Get in the car, mom. Get in the car. I must have been about 20 feet away when I ran past them, but I felt near enough for him to touch me. Like I was just about to feel his fingers on the back of my neck. When I got to the car, it was locked, exclamation point in parentheses. And I kept pulling the door handle like it was miraculously going to open on its own. Mom, let's go. Oh, my God. I saw her say something to the kid. Then she jogged back to the car, unlocked it, and I dove into the back seat again. Go, 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 go. When we were just about to turn out of the driveway, I peeked out the window to see if the kid was following us. And afterward, I wished I hadn't. This is the image that sticks with me. He was standing on the edge of the lot right where the pavement disappeared into tall grass where suddenly he lurched over and slammed his palms to the ground. It was almost the posture as a downward dog in yoga, but instead of bending at the hips, his back arched up to the air in a perfect tight arch like a Halloween cat. It was grotesque and cartoonish and did not look human at all. What the fuck? We drove away and mom was silent, not asking me what happened or why I was sobbing. She put her hand on my knee and squeezed it a few times until I finally caught my breath. Finally, she turned to me and said, something's not right about that kid. Uh, She loves to tell this story at Christmas and other gatherings where she's had a lot of wine around a lot of people. She loves the part where she gets to say, he asked her for a candy bar, but he asked me for a ride home. (gasps) That's so creepy, man. Fuck. (laughs) Dude, can you imagine if you worked if you worked overnight at a gas station and some freaky well, fucking just fucking thinking ghost kid and then how are you gonna tell a 10 year old don't let that kid in my store no 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 right, if, right. you say you say <laughs> you run kiddo you tell your mom to pay at the pump and y'all get the fuck out of here and also like maybe get another job oh like, for sure i mean i'm my gonna god i think that with little gas stations it's usually the people who own it who run it but like yeah if you oh yeah that's oh. fair but like oh my god all i'm thinking about is is like an unaffected 19 year old who just can't even fucking be bothered oh yeah and they're like oh like, it's the creepy doritos kid again <laughs> attention and notice like that absolute subhuman spine no no No. (laughs) you're gonna like this one it's so weird yay (laughs) this is a story that my mom told me from her teenage years when i was in elementary school after we discovered the house we were living in was haunted My mom's side of the family is full of people who are attuned to the paranormal. Most of us have some pretty extensive experiences uh, throughout our lives. One of the most notable experiences I've heard about is from a house my mom lived in with her mom and sister when she was in high school. It was in Liberty, Missouri, a suburb northeast of Kansas City. A small three-bedroom ranch-style house with a finished basement that they rented. 
When they moved in, they immediately experienced paranormal activity. Lights flickering on and off, doors opening and closing on their own, disembodied voices. It was pretty much the norm for an actively haunted house. <laughs> they got... <laughs> you know. <laughs> boilerplate. Exactly. <clears throat> they got used to the occasional weird experience as much as you can when you have a ghost in your house. Sure. But it seemed like whatever was haunting the home really wanted their attention. One day, they were down in the basement in their TV room. As my mom and aunt were watching TV, they heard their cat start to hiss and growl. They looked over at the cat and then in the direction that the cat was staring at with a hunched back. In the corner between the wall and the ceiling above the TV was a gray mist. It stayed there for a couple seconds before disappearing. After that happened, things kind of went back to normal. Another time, my mom had a few friends over to hang out. One of them brought a Ouija board, which anyone with knowledge of the paranormal knows is a big mistake. But they decided that they were going to play with it. They started asking it questions before dinner. My mom had hurried in from the kitchen to join on the fun, leaving a can of biscuits sitting on the counter. A question of who are you was asked via a Ouija board. The board spelled out the devil, Oh, as no. soon as the board, oh, no, as soon as the board finished spelling out its answer, the can of biscuits popped in the kitchen. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> this was likely coincidence, but it was enough to cause one of her best friends to run out of the house, refusing to go back in. The next big occurrence happened to my grandma in her bedroom. She, like many people on that side of the family, are not good sleepers. We wake up multiple times a night, fight to get comfortable, then go back to sleep. Mm. One night, in one of her many times waking up, she heard what sounded like footsteps coming down the hall. Whoever it was sounded much bigger than either of the teenage girls she lived with. The footsteps stopped right in, uh, right in front of her bedroom door. She thought it might be an intruder. That's when a man started walking through her closed door. No. As if there was no door. At least the upper half of a man. He had no legs. <laughs> he did not look at her or acknowledge her. Just walked along the left edge of the bed, stopped at the foot of the bed, and disappeared. The next part might be the weirdest part of the story. One night, my mom was asleep. As she slept, she had a dream that she was sitting in her bed in the middle of the night. And all of a sudden, a giant hole appeared in the wall opposite her bed. Through this giant hole, rolled in a man on a motorcycle with a skull where his head would be. He revved. Isn't that a Nicolas Cage movie? (laughs) Yes! It's fucking Ghost Rider! engine a couple times and began to ride straight toward my mom's bed. Once he was at the foot of the bed, his bike jumped up and sailed over my mom's bed and threw the wall behind it, evil Knievel style. My mom thought nothing of the dream the next morning. She didn't even tell anyone about it. But a few months later, this would come back up. One morning, my mom and aunt were eating breakfast when they started talking about weird dreams they'd had. 
all of a sudden, my aunt started telling her about this weird dream she had a few months prior. She was lying in her bed in the middle of the night when a giant hole opened up the middle of the wall opposite her bed and in rode a man on a motorcycle with a skull for a head. The man revved up the engine a couple of times before riding his bike straight through her bed and through the wall behind it. Mm. My grandma... <laughs> My grandma caught wind of this conversation, and when she heard about my aunt's dream, she was surprised. This was because she had a similar dream a few months prior as well. Giant hole in the wall, man on a motorcycle with a skull for a head at the revving of the engine twice. But this time, she said the man did laps around her bed before disappearing into the wall behind it. Uh -uh. They realized that this was not a coincidence and thought that there was a strong chance they had all had these dreams on the same night since they occurred around the same time. A few days later, my grandma was talking to their next door neighbor and asked about who lived in the house before they moved in, saying they had experienced some weird things. Hmm. The neighbor knew immediately what was the cause of it. The previous tenant was a man who was an avid motorcycle rider. He had died a few years earlier in a tragic motorcycle accident at a young age. After learning this information, my grandma went back into the house and told my mom and aunt what she had learned. They said a small prayer for him, and after that happened, the haunting stopped. The older I get, the creepier this story gets. I have many of my own personal paranormal experiences, including at the house we lived at when she told me this story, but nothing like this. Oh, that's too much. <laughs> All I could think about was, like... <laughs> Meatloaf coming to haunt her. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yep. <laughs> uh, but instead of, instead of hot patootie, he's singing like... <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Paradise by the Tash for like... Yeah, that's for hours. right. Ooh, yes. no. Uh-uh. <laughs> the sharing dreams thing, that is... That's next level. So weird. Like, it's one thing to, shit. like, see, like, you're the, anyway, yes. Uh, this one is from someone named Sasha. Um, and it's long, but I like it. I have a treasure trove of weird stories. I'm that friend for ghost problems. Bad juju in your house, all that stuff. I did college ghost hunting, which went well in hand with being a reenactor. You get a good sense for the historical and the legendary. Yeah, reenactors know what's up. Uh, for historical and the legendary. And you learn what stuff could be plausible in old houses. It's just noise, etc. But what I know for certain is that the living frighten me way more than the dead ever could. I grew up in a tiny house, just a tiny town, just a postal code in the middle of farms. My house had its own postal code. A tiny town, just a postal <laughs> code in the middle of farms. East Jerkwater nowhere. Um, I like that. I'm going to steal that. My parents' house was in a little cluster of six 1950s ranchers on what was then Rural Route 3. We knew our neighbors, but nobody really stuck their... Okay. Rural Route sounds like a very American thing, but they spelled neighbors with a U. Maybe it's Canadian. Anyway. Yeah, probably. Uh, nobody really stuck their noses in each other's business, just kept an eye on things. I was the only kid in the neighborhood, and everybody worked, so daytimes during the summer and school breaks were pretty quiet. I didn't mind. As an only child, really bookish and just as content to walk, wander the acres of woodland behind the house or play the piano until my parents got home in the evening. Same, baby. Uh-huh. My grandparents <laughs> lived a few miles up the road, so my parents didn't worry too much about leaving me by myself. I was a capable, good kid, and my grandparents could be at the house in five minutes if anything went seriously wrong. 
My grandfather had a woodworking shop in the basement of our house and would spend mornings there a few days a week. It was just a quiet area where nothing happened. The summer I was 12, I was laying around the living room reading a book and a car pulled up the driveway. It was just an unremarkable car. A guy got out with a tool bag and a clipboard. It struck me as off. If we had to call in plumbers or electricians, my parents would let me know, and my grandparents would be there so I wasn't dealing with strangers alone. I knew the guy who came to read the meter, and I knew the mail carrier, and this dude was in neither of them. He was just a scruffy white dude in coveralls. I kept low watching him, and instead of coming to the front door, he skirted around the house to a side door that wasn't visible from the road. The door strangers <laughs> never used because they didn't see it, so they didn't know it was there. I realized this was a problem because we didn't have air conditioning, so every damn door and window was open. The storm door was locked, and the door to the porch on the back of the house was latched with a hook and eye, but that was it because nobody ever tried it, which basically meant if this guy wanted to get into the house, he could. I weighed my options. The guns were in the back of the house. <laughs> Since we always kept a shotgun loaded with rock salt to shoot at dogs in the backyard? Okay. Or to make a big, <laughs> non-lethal noise to scare off people. Huh, I didn't know that was a thing. You learn something new every day. I would have to go all the way to the back of the fucking country. Country-ass country stuff that you never know about. Uh, I remember the first time I saw neighbors who had a giant extra freezer for all their hunting. I was like, oh, that's something people do. Um, okay. Uh, I would have to go all the way to the back of the house and grab it from under my parents' bed, and I'd lose the line of sight on this guy. So I did what seemed logical to my 12-year-old brain. I grabbed the biggest chef's knife I could out of the knife block in the kitchen, crouched by the window that looked out onto the porch, and waited to see if this guy would get into the house. Poor baby. <laughs> I heard the porch door shake, the bells on it ringing loudly. The door stopped moving. Then I heard something scraping against the wood, and the hook and eyelash popped. The door squeaked open, the bells ringing softly. He was on the porch, where the French doors were wide open. He was in the house. So again, I did what seemed logical to my 12-year-old brain. Instead of calling my grandparents, calling the sheriff's office was useless. It would take them 40 minutes at least to get out to the house. I brandished that big old knife and I leapt out into the family room from the kitchen right in front of those open French doors. Coveralls dude froze. He was crouched down by his bag, opening it. I had no idea what was in it, but I didn't want to find out. He looked at me, looked at the knife, and looked at me again. A short, chonky 12-year-old with a big poofy ponytail and dorky glasses. Oh, it is. I'm, I'm here to read the meter, he said, but it came out like a question. Bull. Mr. Matt came last week, I said. The idea I could make him mad. The idea I could make him mad and he might have guns in that bag hadn't processed. But your parents called to have me read it, he said. He was getting frustrated. Then dad would have opened the front door for you. He's putting his pants on. You better decide if you want to meet him in a shotgun or if you're going to run now, I said, brandishing the knife like I knew what to do with it. The guy looked at me and that knife. He reached into the bag and I stepped forward with every ounce of stupid courage and bravado I had. He closed the bag, grabbed it, and bolted out the door back around the house and into that unmarked car. He revved the engine and peeled out, nearly taking out the telephone pole at the bottom of the driveway. I closed all the doors, locked them, closed all the windows and locked them except for the windows in my bedroom, which, thanks to the grade of the hill, was a second-story room. I got the shotgun and sat by my bedroom window, watching the road silent as a sentry. The car kept making passes, back and forth. He'd pull into other driveways, and I saw him looking back at our, couch, uh, at our, our house, but he didn't pull in. 
I was counting the minutes until my mama came home from work because an adult would solve everything. She would do, she was due any time now. The unmarked car came down the road again and slowed at our driveway, ready to pull in again. And from the opposite direction, my mama came up the hill in her Jeep, turning into the drive. The unmarked car pulled away and sped off. I put the shotgun under my parents' bed and hurried through the house, dropping the knife in the sink. Mama came in, gave me hell about letting the house heat up, and ushered me out the door to get my, to my piano lessons. It was only in the car driving home that I realized coveralls dude could be in the house again, so I told her what had happened. How did you not tell her what What he did and what his car looked like, all of it. She sat stock still in the driver's seat, having pulled off by a cornfield. Then she said, we're going to your grandparents' house. Come on. I listened to her talking to her parents when we got there, quiet in the kitchen, as they talked in hushed voices in the front room. Coveralls man was the same dude that had put a ladder to my parents' bedroom window over the bed where she was sleeping and had been had tried to break in when I'd been away with family a few weeks ago. He'd been watching the house since. <sighs> the deputies Fuck! The deputies tracked him down eventually. He was the son of the next door neighbor down the hill. He had convictions for breaking and entering and sexual assault of a minor. And the neighbors have been letting him stay on and off without mentioning to the folks next door the only house uh, with a kid. Oh, my God. <sighs> well, now I was afraid and now I'm mad. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> God damn it. <sighs> you, want, you want weird shit in the woods or creepy kids? Uh, creepy kids. Mm. Okay. This happened to me a few years ago, and I still get chills every time I think about it. I agreed to watch my nieces and nephew for my brother and his wife at their house since they had to be out of town for the day. My nephew and one niece had school that morning, but my other niece was only four, so she stayed home with me. We spent the morning watching cartoons and coloring until finally it was time for her nap. She was lying down on the couch, so I tucked her in with a blanket, making sure she was completely cocooned in the blanket, all nice and cozy. I turned the volume on the TV down until I could barely hear it, taking care not to wake her up, and went into the kitchen to work on my math homework. I'm really sure. Math homework. Ugh. Uh, boo. (laughs) I see why it's a horror story. (laughs) I'm really sure. Fuck, is there a parabola in this? Um, I'm out. I am really short, only four foot ten. My feet often don't touch the ground when I'm sitting down, so I tend to sort of swing my feet absentmindedly when I'm sitting. As I sat at the kitchen table looking at my laptop and swinging my feet, I kicked something. I assumed it must have been the leg of another chair, so I moved my foot back. As I go to move that leg again, I feel something touch higher up on my leg, almost up to my knee. I jerk myself back in the chair and look under the table, and there's nothing there that would have been close to my knee. I brush it off and get back to my homework. About 15 minutes later, I hear the little pitter-patter of small feet in the next room. Assuming my niece had woken up and was trying to be sneaky, I walked into the living room and was surprised to see my niece still lying on the couch, perfectly cocooned in the blanket. She was awake now and asked me, "'Did you hear that too?' At this point, I was a little freaked out, but I explained to her that the noise was probably the wind outside knocking twigs off the tree onto the roof. She didn't seem worried about it at all, and since it was the middle of the afternoon, I stopped feeling creeped out. (laughs) 
We went into the kitchen so I could get lunch ready, and she crawled under the table to get her doll that had somehow managed to end up under there. While she was down there, she started making a raspy noise, Hmm. almost like a quack, but not how, like, kids will say quack when they're imitating ducks. She did this a few times. No, when she's hanging up a hairball. (laughs) (laughs) She did this a few times and still hadn't come out from under the table. So I asked her, are you being a silly little duck? She stopped for a second and stuck her head out from under the table and asked what I said. I repeated, are you a cute little silly duck quacking under there? She calmly looked at me and said, I'm not quacking. Well then, what noise are you making if it's not a quack? She shrugged her shoulders and said, I'm making the same noise as the boy. Uh-oh. What? What boy? I asked. The boy under the table. He keeps making that noise and going like this. To which she starts touching her throat. Oh, she was going... <sighs> A huge chill went up my uh... spine as she made that noise. When my brain made the connection... She was mimicking choking. She was imitating a little boy who appeared to be choking underneath the table, the same table under which I had felt something touch my leg not even an hour earlier. No. No. I pulled her out from under the table and told her we were going to go to the park until it was time to pick up our siblings. And we stayed out all day until their parents got back. And I have never even stepped foot back in that house. Yeah, no. Burn that shit down. I was very relieved when they moved a couple of years ago. I bet you were. Oh, no, 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 no. No. <laughs> oh, absolutely the fuck not. Uh, yuck. Yuck. Uh, no, thank you. Uh, no. I would like to give this one back, please. Oh. <laughs> oh. God, sometimes Yikes. I, I mean, uh, sometimes I wish my mother was still alive. What a terrible thing to say. Of course I wish my mother was still alive. But sometimes I'm, I just wish I had asked, I don't know, for more weird stories. Because my mom loved to tell stories, and I like to hear things about myself, but, like, she didn't tell, she didn't tell a whole lot of, like, you as growing, a a kid growing up story. Weird. Mm, Mm. Yeah, yeah. I need a new therapist. Uh, okay. (laughs) So, what do you say, like, one more each? Yeah. I have a cute one. Oh, I like cute. This is cute. From someone who goes by all the gin, which, cheers to you, Bish. Uh, <laughs> at the end of the summer, I had a, I had quite a decent Facebook marketplace addiction. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> and I was sporadically <sighs> zipping out to drop off or pick up random items. On one such trip, I was picking up pieces of an antique furniture set. It was an estate sale, and earlier I had scored a small wooden buffet with an inlaid wood and intricately carved legs. Stop bragging, bitch. That has nothing to do with the story. which opened and closed using a small metal key. Really lovely. When the rest of the set came up for sale as well. Okay, all right, fine. You're allowed. I returned to the apartment to meet my connection, the son of an elderly man. She says it like a drug deal. (laughs) Uh, I gotta go. I gotta go meet my guy. Uh, I returned to the apartment to meet my connection, the son of an elderly man who had recently died, and we loaded the additional pieces into my hatchback. 
I was polite and respectful for his loss, but also really elated because the furniture was ideal for our old Victorian era house. And I was so excited to swap out some of our apartment era Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> the sun showed me how to open the cabinet doors of the armoire using the small key because there was an interior latch and a certain way you had to push the key in and turn in order to open the cabinet. Anyway, the transaction was made, armoire and cabinet loaded, and off I went. When I got home, it was already late and my kids were in bed. My husband helped me to carry the armoire inside and then went upstairs to game on his computer while I started to clear a space for the cabinet. It was just around midnight when I started to get out the pledge furniture polish to spray and dust the cabinet, and I tried the key. It swung open on the first try, unlike the buffet where I really had struggled with the locking mechanism. And standing, sitting right in front of me in the center of the wooden shelf was a pink velvet ring box. I couldn't believe it. The previous owner's son had opened the armoire in front of me at the apartment and showed me the inside, and it had been completely empty. When we loaded it into the SUV and carried it inside, there was no sound of anything knocking over. I opened the ring box, and it was a diamond engagement ring. I'm taken, ghost lover, I said out loud, jokingly. <laughs> but I picked it up, held it in my palm. What would you do if a ring appears out of literally nowhere? Would you put it on? Of course I did. It fit, <laughs> it fit perfectly, but I've seen a lot of scary movies and even had my house blessed and doused with holy water when we moved in. I took it off. I'm sorry. This doesn't belong to me. It's lovely. I'm going to try to get it back where it should be, I said out loud. I reached out to the son on Messenger and sent him a picture, and he said that his sister who lived nearby would come in the morning. The next day, the ring returned. She told me that they had never found their mother's engagement ring when she had passed suddenly 10 years ago and that she had been very close to her mother. We cleaned that apartment top to bottom before the estate sale. This is impossible. She was astonished and moved by the ring's appearance. She also told me some of the furniture's history. Since it had been in their family for generations and none of the siblings had space or inclination to keep it, it had been manufactured in Asbury Park, New Jersey in the early 1900s, when the shore town was a swank place to live and was one of the prized possessions of their great-grandparents, who were a charming love story of a wealthy socialite marrying a poor immigrant background World War I soldier. Later, I did some digging online, and I found their wedding notice in an online newspaper archive. It was so charming. It also listed where they were moving to, which happened to be a house next to my husband's childhood home in his old hometown. I found that pretty coincidental, Aww. and I felt like the deceased were just sort of happy that the furniture set was settled in a new home where it would also be cherished and handed down, and the ring was sort of a sign of that approval. Or a test. Or a way to get the ring back to the daughter. Who knows? But you don't keep ghost rings. <laughs> and there's a picture. There's a pic She took a picture of how she found it, and it was just, it was a, a pink, it was just a an old velvet pink ring box sitting on the middle shelf, like as close to the front as possible without almost falling off. So yeah, of course you would have heard that knocking around in there if you had moved it twice in one day. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Anyway, I thought that was cute. Cutest ghost story Oh, that story is ever. super cute. I have, I have a cute one for you as well. Mm -hmm. Um... Wait, should we end on a cute one or a scary one? Anything you like. Um, I'm going to read you a cute one. Mm -hmm. do, do, do. Um, this one is a micro story. It's literally a paragraph. So I'll read you this and I'll read you. And then I will read you a scary mm -hmm. one. Okay. 
When I was a kid, we had a spaniel. He was called Sparky, and he was very protective of me. I guess because I'm disabled and an only child. It was just him and me for most of my childhood. Mm-hmm. He died when I was 20. He had cancer, so had to be put to sleep. I was heartbroken. Anyway, about seven years later, I have a job and have to walk through the park to catch the works minibus. Unbeknownst to me, there have been several attacks on lone women there. I'm walking through the park very early one morning, and there is a guy following me, but he's not coming too close. Anyway, he takes another path. A few minutes later, I bump into another guy, a friend of my father's, but I need to get the bus, so I have uh, so I carry on. I get on the bus to go to work. A few days later, I'm shopping in town and bump into my dad's friend, and we chat for a few minutes. He remarks, I didn't realize you still had the old dog. And I just look at him. He says, you know, he was in the park with you the other day. I explain gently, no, Sparky's been dead for years. And he's like, I could have sworn... Anyway, later that week, the rapist guy is caught, and it's the same man who was following me but didn't get too near. I know it was my faithful old Sparky looking after me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Transubstantiation. Holy shit. Holy shit. All I'm saying is Bear has some big fucking shoes to fill. Oh, I may have mentioned this in the past, but like that's so. If there can be, if there can be animal ghosts, and people have talked about that numerous times, like I've heard a million different stories about like ghost animals. Um, then there have to be. If there is an afterlife, then there have to be animals in heaven. Like that was the thing I think there I told you. Where I was like, be. I don't. I'm not interested in heaven if my cats and dogs aren't going to be there. Like I was straight up like, what's the point? I, know, I don't like people. Right? <laughs> No. And then to hear my mom be like, animals don't have souls. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's bullshit. Animals are only souls. Right. Oh. They're souls with little, little balloon brains. Oh, and terrible bowels if you're my animal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm. Just... I want all my bunnies back. Oh, oh. I totally want all my bunnies back. Oh, I want to um, hang out in a place where, where Griffin and Bear can hang out. Oh, fucking totally. They buddies. Uh, uh, well, that was good. I liked it. I liked it. There was there was a uh, supernatural scary. There was people scary. Uh, right? There was cheery uh, that scary. Was, uh, this story has everything. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give Oh, I feel like there was something I did want to recommend... Farts, farts. Oh, oh, uh, um, uh. Oh, wait, I'm going to read you one more scary oh, one. Oh, one more scary one. Yes, please. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, you'll, okay. So, uh, this is a scary people, because people are awful. Mm-hmm. Um, years ago, when I was a young adult, I lived in a rural area outside of a small town. To get to my house, I had to drive through a section of a wooded area. Not quite big enough to be a forest, and if you walked enough in one direction or another, you'd hit cattle pastures and farmland. <laughs> Same. Mm-hmm. My, friends and <laughs> my friends and I had gone out clubbing one evening. We were all going back to my place so we could keep the party going, or get it started, in my case, since I was the DD. 
We were on a little two-lane road going through the woods at around three in the morning, talking, singing along with the radio, having a good time. We came around a bend in the road, and someone was standing in the middle of it. A guy wearing a hat and boots and a long duster-style coat. I have seen this movie. It is called Jeepers Creepers. Ah! (laughs) It was chilly out, so he was dressed appropriately. He had a smile and one arm raised to wave us down. I started slowing down to ask him if he needed help. Hey, small town country folk, it's what you do. I didn't see a broken down car, but he might have had to walk a while already. Cell phones weren't too common yet, so maybe he didn't have one. He started walking forward, and it shifted his coat enough for me to see he had a machete in his hand, held down by his leg. One of my friends saw it too. A machete? (gasps) A fucking machete! One of my friends saw it too and started freaking out. I did the only thing I could think of and floored the gas. He jumped out of the way and and shouted something at us as we zoomed by. As we passed him, another man stepped out of the trees. It was hard to see, but my friend swore he was holding an axe. Oh, why? Uh, why? I don't like why? It at all? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. People are trash. Hmm. Oh my god! Wait, is that it? Uh, the men were never. Uh, they uh they called the police when they got to her house, but um, nobody ever found the men. Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Shocker. That's oh, terrible. justice not being exacted. Cool. Oh my god. Mm. Mhm. Uh, what was your recommendation going to be? Um, uh there is a stand-up comic named Michelle Buteau who uh, Yay! Yes, she is fabulous. Um Fat and red. Uh she, uh, I have known through a friend for a long time, and she would not know who I am, but she is, um, she has a special out on Netflix that is, what is it called? I, let's see, you tell, Netflix, sure, can't spell net, Netflix, sure, it's called Welcome to Butopia. Yeah. It is wonderful. It's so good. And she looks so good in it. Like, she's got this sick-ass two-piece, like, sequined lady suit on. Oh, fuck. It's it's great. I would watch it again. That's all. If you need Hooray! If you need a chuckly chuckle in your life, do that. And I would also like to recommend again that if you like scary movies or movies in general to look up DVD Deathmatch because this whole month is all scary stories up against, or sorry, scary movies up against scary movies. And the last, the last episode that they dropped was Paranormal Activity 3 up against Scream 3 and it it's so funny just listening to the disdain that they have for one of these movies. Oh God, it's so cool. Is the disdain well? Actually, Scream Three is pretty bad. If I yeah, that's yep. Spoiler. Yep, that's yep, the yep, one. Yep, yep. Yeah. Whereas I will tell you right now, Paranormal Activity Three is fucking terrifying. Yeah, 
That that's what they said. That is a film series that I will never watch again. Yeah. Ooh. Um, I've only oh, seen the yeah. first one, and it really scared the piss out of me. It's terrifying. It is terrifying because it's like the ghost is in angry love with her in the first one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then yeah, the whole yes. shit where they have the <laughs> so funny. Mike goes on this whole rant about like the brilliance of taping the video camera to an oscillating fan and the and the effects that oh yeah. I would watch that again, for sure. See, that's the kind Ooh. of thing that I really like. I don't like the, like, I'm, the creepy haunted doll, like, you know, <laughs> which is not, I haven't seen Annabelle or Chucky is, you know, Chucky's a silly, scary movie, but. I strongly recommend that you watch The Boy. The Boy. <laughs> the Boy is the most ridiculous. It's, um, it's, it's 2016. So Recent? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's recent, and it stars uh, the the woman who plays Maggie <gasps> on um, Walking Dead. She's shut great. up. She is great. Of course, she's great. Oh my god. Um, the conceit of this film is bizarre, bananas, batshit. It's not done poorly. It's actually done really well. But the conceit is insane. Is she British? IRL? Uh, no, she's an American. No, I don't think okay. so. It just says it takes place in a remote so. English village. Yes. Oh no, young American. She, she, mm, it's so crazy. She does a great job. Honestly, the movie is not a bad movie. It's just such a crazy fucking plot. Um, and it is creepy, but it's, but also like when you laugh at how ridiculous shit is, you will laugh real fucking hard. But oh, yeah, I I will never touch paranormal activity again. Mm. And it's so good. And Paranormal Activity 3, you've obviously listened to the episode, it is beyond scary. They didn't get into the nitty and gritty, really, honestly. Oh. It was it was great. I Well, and also I have this wonderful ability where I can completely forget a plot that someone spoiled for me immediately. Like, I oh, that's nice. I, I, yes. Um, when I, when I watched, oh shit, what's the, um, Sixth Sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched Sixth Sense like years, years after it came out. And then I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then God, immediately, I it means you're just oh, living in the moment. And honey. I think was it is the hours a scary one? What's there's one where No, the hours is so sad. No, okay, that's the three different stories. Maybe What's you're thinking the of the others. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. With yes. Nicole Kidman yes, and the ghost children. Yes, I yeah. am. Mm-hmm. Spoiler the others spoiler alert. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, that was, those were both movies where I was like, afterwards, I was like, oh, shoot, somebody definitely told me about this. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it, you're, you're living in the moment. Uh, Paranormal Activity 3, and this does not tend to happen with sequels, but as they, um, I, Paranormal Activity 1, of course, is like the moment that we find ourselves in where we learn that something is fucking wrong with Katie. Right. Paranormal Activity 2, I think, is about her sister, and it's a concurrent timeline. Mm. So, like, it's what's at her sister, it's what's happening at her sister's house while Katie is going through this. Oh, damn. Three takes you back to the 80s. It's a prequel. And it's done on, you know, the conceit of it is like it's a very early camcorder. Right. And so all these tapes, like, 
ultimately in the paranormal activity universe, Katie and her sister are attached to something. Mm-hmm. There's an entity attached to them. And so what they go through in one and two, you start seeing the 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 genesis of it mm-hmm. in number three. And it is so fucking scary. These nice. two little girls in like their pink, pink bedroom and like their fucking strawberry shortcake, rainbow bright, blah, blah, blah. So like you feel... You feel like you are a kid. Oh my god! In this moment, now I want to see it. And they have a goddamn crawl space. Oh, they did mention that, but I blocked it out already. That's yep. That is good because that crawl space is the stuff of nightmares. Crawl spaces should not exist. There's a crawl space in the first one too, right? That's where they find uh, all the pictures. Yes, although I would say it's like it's still. I mean, the house is relatively new, so it's not. Um, I, I'm remembering it as like a very small closet as opposed to like a creepy dwarf, um, or a creepy troll door on the ground. (laughs) Oh, that kind of crawl space. Yeah, no, that was, was, yeah. Okay. No, it was like a, it was like a trap in the ceiling thing. Oh yeah. Don't love that shit either. But no, in this, in these, in, in the eighties, version of this story the girl's bedroom has a fucking crawl space and it's terrifying okay. i'm already i will my never watch it again i am and i can't, like i want to watch it again because i know how scary and good it is but i will never <laughs> ever watch it again um if it was normal uh, times we could hang out in a blanket fort and watch it I know, right? Or I, or you um, could just tell me what was... <laughs> I could tell you what was happening and you could just eat popcorn with your eyes closed. <laughs> I would do that. Um, I feel like I, in fact, saw a... Um, I saw a Jezebel post at one point or another where, um, where the poster was like, I was watching these movies and weird shit happened and I think there's something No! <laughs> I'm like... No. I don't know. It, they're they're really creepy, and if the whole point is like opening up your reception, your receptivity. Oh, that makes then, you want to barf. Hello. I know, right? <laughs> so hard pass. All right, <laughs> absolutely good. Well, the ever loving fuck not. I can don't do- watch it, that's... but know that it's really really good. Sure, maybe that's like this Saturday afternoon with all the shades down, and then we can oh, open girl. them up, and it'll be bright and sunny afterwards. And I can that's make something from Saturday HelloFresh. morning. That's Saturday morning at seven thirty <laughs> <laughs> with the windows open, literally while like. Jazzercise is happening. Nice. That's the only, those are the only conditions. Damn. Of should... All right. Well, now I got to mm-hmm. see this. I know it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Mm. Um, yeah, Scream 3 doesn't, I, I recall being very disappointed by Scream 3. Yeah, it sounded um... pretty dumb. All right. Well, <sighs> cool. So this wraps up yeah, happy our Halloween, spooky fuck Halloween fuck buddies. Um, by the time you hear this, Halloween will be, is it a weekend this year? It's Saturday. Yeah. Oh, shit. We even get a Saturday Halloween and we can't do jack shit about it. Yep. But you know what? Some people are going to, they're going to fuck it up for everybody else. Oh, my God. I fucking can't. Mm. I can't. You don't have to. Someone else will. I I know. Uh, Okay. I still don't get to have any fun. Uh, (laughs) I'm actually emceeing Uh, an outdoor thing here, but it's outdoors at a cemetery and it's people 
people are what is it? very cool. Um, so there's this thing in Jersey City every year called the Ghost of Uncle Joe's. Uh, Uncle Joe's was a bar back in the day, and like at Halloween, all of the bands who played there would dress up like other bands and cover like people would dress up as Kiss <laughs> and then cover all of Kiss's music or whatever. So after Uncle Joe's closed, they started doing the Ghost of Uncle Joe's at the Harsmith Cemetery. Um, which is a cemetery I've told you about before. Where I love they, that shit. Um, there's no more plots in the cemetery. But there's also no more money. So they have events there to raise money so that they can keep up the cemetery. Which is the saddest, weirdest, and also most uh, applicable like analogy to <laughs> how things are Welcome right now. Welcome to America. <laughs> so, right. So, um... Remember this thing that should be a given? Ex- that's exactly <laughs> Remember right. Remember human dignity? Yes. No. <laughs> no. Now we have to have fundraisers for human dignity. Oh, so, my God. I hate it here. Uh, yeah. And and also, for anyone who's like, oh, don't have things in the cemetery, I would like to point to Greenwood Cemetery, and I would like to point to the fact that, historically, cemeteries were used as uh, picnic event and event spaces. Like, people did things at cemeteries up until, I don't know, 30, 40 years ago. Also, guys... Lighten up. Yeah. Some of us grew up next to cemeteries. Yes. Some of us played on tombstones as children. Yes. <laughs> don't do that. Tombstones can kill you. But I mean, don't. Yes. <laughs> tombstones can kill you. There was uh, apparently a. You know, I don't want to go into the lawsuit, but um, oh, don't play on what? don't play on tombstones. Uh, not ones that can fall on you. You know what I'm talking about. No, no. So, Regardless, uh, I'm I'm co-hosting this night that's going to have, like, a Stone Temple Pilots cover band and things like that. Shut it! And I'm on Mischief Night, which is the Friday before Halloween. All Hallows. That sounds Eve. lovely. It is super fun. It's great. And, and people are generally pretty good, even when it's normal times. Like, there's, you can, you can get away from people there. It's good. Yeah, that's great. And hopefully um, everyone has all kinds of masks on. All right. We'll see y'all later, I I love you. We'll see y'all later. We'll see y'all in November. Oh, my God. Fuck. We'll see. (gasps) We'll see you after the fucking election. (gasps) Oh, fuck, buddies. Oh, fuck, buddies. Oh, no. (laughs) Take real good care of yourselves for the next five fucking days. I was supposed to go out tonight, but I think I have to stay home and cry. All right. I love you. Bye. (laughs) Okay. I love you. Be good to yourselves, both buddies, and we'll see you on the other fucking side. Oh, God. Bye. Oh, God. Bye. Quack.